Well, good afternoon from snowy Jerusalem and welcome to our ICJ webinar. Uh, this is part of a larger set of events of a conference we call Envision, uh, which is uh, uh, presented out of Jerusalem for Christian leaders and pastors from all around the world. And uh, I guess that we are also being joined uh, this afternoon by many other people who are used to watching the uh, webinar series from the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem. My name is Moimir Kalos. I serve as the Vice President for International Affairs at the ICJ, and I will be hosting this seminar, which is devoted to the subject of modern anti-Semitism, and in particular, challenges of delegitimization of the State of Israel. I have two uh, great panelists with me, uh, whom I will introduce in just a moment. And I would like to start with a, a short word of introduction uh, in order to give some context to the debate which we are going to hold. Today is the 27th of January, which as we all know is the International Holocaust Memorial Day. It was officially designated by the United Nations in 2005. And the date was chosen because this is the date of the liberation by the Red Army of the Auschwitz extermination camp, probably the most notorious symbol of the Holocaust, where only on that place more than a million human beings were killed by gas in industrialized fashion. And as we remember this catastrophe, we should ask ourselves the question, what can we learn from this tragedy? And we know that the Holocaust did not start with the gas chambers uh, or with the murders. It started a few years earlier with words, with propaganda, with prejudice. And uh, it is said that streams of ink preceded streams of blood. Therefore, uh, we should be uh, careful and see if signs of something similar, of indoctrination, of uh, propaganda, are uh, to be discovered in our days as well. The Nazis portrayed Jews as evil, as a scourge. They were likened to, to rats or insects, as you can see from many cartoons from that time. And now we have a word for that. The word is demonization. And demonization is part of what is now widely recognized as signs of anti-Semitism. Nathan Sharansky coined the concept of a 3D test. Uh, these are criteria which help to distinguish between legitimate criticism of Israel, its actions or policies, and anti-Semitism. These three Ds are demonization, double standards, and delegitimization. And uh, while demonization of Jews, unfortunately, by no means disappeared from this world, Today, we are going to deal with the other two Ds, double standards and delegitimization. The International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance has drafted a working definition of anti-Semitism, which has been adopted by many governments around the world. And that definition includes, among other items, the following illustrative examples of modern anti-Semitism. One, denying the Jewish people their right to self-determination. For instance, by claiming that the very existence of a state of Israel is a racist endeavor. Or another example, applying double standards by requiring of Israel a behavior not expected or demanded of any other democratic nation. And it is an unfortunate fact that many such manifestations of anti-Semitism, according to this definition, can be found in international arenas. For instance, according to a database compiled by UN Watch, an NGO, a watchdog uh, monitoring the United Nations, since the year 2015, the different UN bodies approved 112 resolutions against Israel. 112. And we can compare it with six resolutions against North Korea during the same time frame, or five against Iran, eight against Syria, where during that time, hundreds of thousands of people were massacred, 112 against Israel, or compare it with zero against countries like China, Cuba, or Venezuela. One watch calls it 
irrational obsession of the UN with just one nation, the Jewish nation. And uh, I would like to say that, in my opinion, that creates a fertile ground in which other actions against the Jewish state can take hold and grow. And those actions include legal actions in the courts of law, in different international institutions. And this is the subject of our debate today. I'm joined by two distinguished panelists, one representing the state of Israel and the Jewish people, the other a renowned expert from the nations, a Christian advocate for Israel. From the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Israel, I welcome Tania Bert-Rafaeli, Director of the Department for World Religions at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. She made Aliyah from France, holds a BA degree in history and English from the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, and a diploma in translation studies from the Bar Ilan University. Since she joins Israel's Ministry of Foreign Affairs, she was posted in different departments in Israel and later served as first secretary at the Embassy of Israel in New Delhi, where she was in charge of public diplomacy. Then as a counselor at the permanent mission of Israel to the United Nations in Geneva, and as a deputy chief of mission in Bucharest, Romania. Tanya, it's great uh, to be uh, with you. Thank you for joining us for the webinar today. And our second guest is uh, uh, Andrew, Andrew Tucker from the Netherlands. Uh, I would like to welcome Andrew, our friend and frequent participant in our events. Uh, he comes originally from Australia, lives in the Netherlands today, and he is attorney specializing in international law and a respected Christian advocate for Israel. He is founder and director of the Hague Initiative for International Cooperation, a Christian think tank uh, with a mission to, and I quote, combat the delegitimization of the state of Israel and advance a fair and balanced application of international law to the state of Israel, the Palestinians, and all other peoples in the region. Again, it is a joy to welcome you, Andrew and Tanya, to this uh, webinar. And uh, let's start discussing uh, the subject today, on the 27th of January. Discussing uh, so, Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Okay, so let us start by, uh, uh, by asking the following question. What do you see as dangerous developments for Israel in the area of delegitimization and warfare in the year 2022? And let's start with uh, Tanya Belkrafael. Thank you very much, Mojmir. Thank you very much for your very interesting introduction and very timely. And thank you for the invitation in general. I mean, it's my first time, as you mentioned, I, I just uh, started this position as a director of World Religions Department in, in September. So uh i've been in touch with you already on, on many subjects but it's the first time i'm officially uh participating in, in an event you're organizing so thank you very much for that and i understand that there's a lot of people following us uh, right now from everywhere in the world and i really uh, appreciate that um now i know that you asked me about uh, uh what's going to happen next year but i really need i mean your introduction was perfect but i, I want to just say a few words about uh, about today, as you said, it's uh, Holocaust International uh, Remembrance Day. Um, and first of all, to say that it was, as you said, uh, adopted in 2005 uh, by the UN, and it was something that was done thanks to to the work of my colleagues, uh, Israeli diplomats, and they really pushed for that. And I'm really happy about that. And actually, last week, exactly one week ago, on Thursday, uh, 20th of January. Uh, 2020, uh, there was another resolution that was adopted uh, jointly, it was proposed jointly by Israel and by um, Germany about anti-Semitism. Uh, it's a resolution that says that uh, that combats uh, the distortion and the denial of the Holocaust, and it was adopted uh, in an, unanimously, so it's very important to, to say that things are being done uh, on the UN arena. We're going to talk about the UN in other aspects later on, but there are things that good things that can be done there, and we need to use these tools whenever possible. Um, and just one, one another uh, word uh, about uh, the Holocaust, just about my 
personal connection and this is why it was very important to me to mention that as i told you before uh, first of all as a, as an israeli diplomat but also as a as a jewish person who uh, was born and raised in in europe and also uh, my grandparents actually were um living there uh, during that time and there there were survivors my grand uh, mothers had to to flee and to escape from one place to another from the north of france to the south uh, to escape the nazis and and my grandparents were my grandfathers were in uh, working camps in poland and, and in germany so uh, i mean fortunately they they all came back uh, but i have of course other members of, of my family which that i didn't know uh, that I never knew, but uh, like cousins and aunts and uncles of my grandparents who uh, went to the camps and, and never came back. So, I mean, this is something that is really important for me to to, to uh, uh, date, that is important to mark and a lot of combats that we need to, to do and that I really feel that are uh, important. Now, um, in order to, to connect um this subject to to the delegitimization of the state of israel which is a very broad subject actually because it has a lot of, of component uh, you mentioned the uh, the ira which uh, defines exactly what is anti-semitism and where anti-zionism uh, means also anti-semitism well this is something that we know also from uh, from the un um it started uh, i mean again when we're talking about the challenges of next year Unfortunately, I don't think, I mean, it's good that we don't have new challenges, but I think that all the challenges that we have, and it's been for years and almost since the creation of the State of Israel, um, it's ongoing challenges that sometimes they take a new form and a new name, but the, the basis and the ideology, ideology behind it, it it's a, exactly the same. So uh, we know on the UN arena that in 1975, there was this uh, infamous resolution, resolution 3379, um, that uh, defines Zionism as uh, racism. So it, again, it didn't start uh, yesterday, um, unfortunately. And this is a, a big part of the, the, legitima the legitimization uh, campaign against the state of Israel. Uh, the following uh, step in the UN was 2001 with Durban One Conference, which was a turning point that uh, led to um, NGOs uh, to be very active in a campaign that later on uh, got the very uh, famous name of BDS, which is boycotting the state of Israel in, in very different ways, and I will uh, get back to that um, later. And, and another thing which is very uh, actually that started last year but of course it's one of our big challenges for next year is uh, what is called the coi it's a commission of inquiry that uh, was um, decided upon last year uh, at the human rights council in geneva in order to um, inquire to to create a permanent uh, commission that should inquire what happened last year during um, the the Operation Guardian of the Walls in, in May 2021, when uh, Hamas, uh, we had rains of, of rockets from Hamas from the, the band of Gaza. And what is um, special and actually quite disturbing about this uh, new commission of inquiry is that in other um, mechanisms from the UN, I mean, there are some uh, commissions that are supposed to write some reports, to draw some conclusions and that's it but this is for the first time they decided that it's not enough and it has to be a permanent uh, mechanism which is totally the first time that it has ever happened and this is why it, it is so uh, outrageous uh, from our point of view so this is something of course that we will have to to deal with um uh, seriously uh, during the, the next uh, the next year um, now, I talked briefly before uh, about the BDS. BDS, uh, for those who don't know, is the, uh, it stands for uh, Boycott, Disinvestment and Sanctions. It's a movement of, of boycotting that has a lot of um, aspects. Uh, it's a global campaign, okay, from everywhere in the world that uh, promotes all these things against Israel, but in very different uh, subject. It is cultural. It is commercial. It is academic. It, it touches, or I, I, I don't know if it touches, but it attempts to touch all of these uh, aspects and to try and, and affect 
uh, Israel uh, by boycotting all of uh, its uh, its activities. It started, as I mentioned before, uh, uh, about 20 years ago, but it has uh, intensified in the past few years. Um, and yeah, in, in Durban, as I, as I said before, uh, there were all these NGOs who hijacked the, the UN uh, World Conference Against Racism and actually turned it into something that is, I could say it almost racist against one state, which is the state of Israel, uh, by saying that this is a racist state and that it has to be isolated and using even terms as apartheid, which are totally irrelevant and, and things that, I mean, they try to compare things that are not comparable at all. Uh, and this is one of the things that, of course, we need to, to go on and, and fight uh, next year as well as we did in the previous years. Um, again, this claim of, of apartheid state, I don't want to talk about this too long, but I just want to, because I'm, I'm sure you, you hear about this all the time, but the problem is, is that in, in saying this kind of words, first of all, it, it's totally incorrect, okay, but it also, in, in, it totally um, twists the reality, because it's trying to make the Israeli-Palestinian conflict a racial conflict. And it is not. It, it also is trying to depict it as a religious one, and it's not. It's, it's a, simply um, a conflict that is a national one with problems of territories and, and borders, with two nations claiming the same land, but it has nothing to do with what happened in South Africa um, dozens of, of years ago. So uh, again, it, it's totally irrelevant, but still we need to face these uh, accusations all the time, everywhere um online not online and in very different uh arena so it's very important to understand that uh, i mean we prefer not to 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 deal with that because it, it again it's very it's totally not accurate but it sounds well it, it it's an appealing name they want to label israel they want to compare it to something horrible that happened in another place uh in another time and it and, and it's very easy it's easy nowadays to use you know false information and and false uh labels and you know it's very trendy also. So people use this kind of things and we need to be aware of that and to to have the right information in order to 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 fight it. And there's another front uh, which is uh, more legal that we will need to to fight on uh, and it's uh, in the ICC. Uh, the ICC is the International Criminal Court uh, uh, in The Hague and uh, they decided in uh, one year ago, actually in February 2021, uh, that um, uh, Israel should be, um, um, well, there should be a, a, let's say a, a, a also um, an, an inquiry or um, they should be uh, against uh, Israel um, because of the, the Israeli-Palestinian uh, con uh, conflict and they claim they have uh, jurisdiction uh, but uh, we claim that they're not we jurisdiction first of all because we are not Israel is not a member of uh, this organization and and also it's it's um, they, they don't have the the right uh, uh, jurisdiction and also because they're supposed to do inquiries on states and uh, there is no such a thing as a Palestinian state for the moment and this is why it is uh, uh, irrelevant. So this is the situation. We estimate, we hope that no signif significant in investigative activity will be done uh, in the ICC. Uh, in light of, of certain new um, statements of, of the new prosecutor. Uh, but we need to be careful and to, to follow um, what's happening there. So you see there are many fronts and many, um, many challenges that we will have to, that again, we have dealt with in the past few years and we will have to go on dealing with in 2022. Uh, but there is one thing that is uh, common to all of them, of course, it's, it's the, the ideal, uh, the ideology of uh, trying uh, to delegitimize the state of Israel in 
many ways and to uh, attack it uh, legally or diplomatically or economically everything goes together everything goes well um and yeah so this is all the things that we we will need to to address uh, during the the coming year thank you Tana. thank you for this uh, overview and uh, my comment generally would be that this in itself uh, is a sure sign of anti-semitism because that has happened in the past in many different forms in history whatever the the society at large considers the worst sin or the worst thing that is ascribed to the Jews. And this is what we see in the international community, unfortunately. But uh, the other thing is that uh, you are not alone. You have friends. And uh, you mentioned uh, two specific uh, things at the end, the ICC and also the new Commission of Inquiry. I think we are going to speak more um, in detail about them. Uh, and I just want to mention that last year, uh, we have been active uh, in the ICC case. Uh, by together with uh, Think and Andrew Tucker and his friends, uh, uh, we uh, created a petition to the ICC calling uh, or uh, mentioning that uh, the decision by the former prosecutor was totally baseless. And uh, as you know, there were also several countries which uh, uh, submitted uh, favorable statements uh, towards Israel. And we do believe that with the new prosecutor, it will take another turn. But we might also mention that maybe later on. Uh, let me just turn to Andrew, who has been, as I said, uh, working with us for, for quite some time. And uh, what would be your take of uh, the prospects of 2022? Thank you, Moimir. Well, it's lovely to be with you. and. Uh... Lovely to, to connect with so many people around the world. So thank you so much for, for inviting me to be part of this conference. I think it's very important, very timely. You've picked the right topic. Um, it's, a huge, it's a huge challenge. So I'm sitting here uh, close to The Hague in the Netherlands, which um, for those of you who know it is a very small country somewhere in Northwest Europe. Um, but it happens to be the home of the international legal community. And we have some important tribunals in The Hague, uh, most notably the International Court of Justice and the International Criminal Court, which you and Italia have just, just mentioned. Um, and this raises the question about you know, law and, and how law comes into all of this. And I think you mentioned rightly, Moimir, that uh, it begins with words, doesn't it? It begins with, well, of course, it begins in our hearts. Uh, what is in our hearts is expressed in our, in our words. And the way we organize ourselves as communities and as nations, our, our, our thoughts and our words get translated into legal systems. And the Nazis were, of course, very, very good at using the law uh, as a mechanism to achieve their evil objectives. And, um, you know, it strikes me more and more that, because we hear so much about law, don't we? And the, the legal delegitimization of Israel, just that very word that you've used uh, comprises the idea of, of a legal invalidity or something. You know, the Jews in the Holocaust were, were legally non-existent in the eyes of the, the Nazis. They, they simply didn't exist as legal entities and therefore you could kill them um, and and in a way that i think it's not extreme to say this is what's happening to to israel um, and i think all of the things uh, that talia has just mentioned are, are all examples of you know and we'll come back to this apartheid claim as well as that the jewish state somehow does does not really exist in, in a real sense. Uh, and this is this is what I struggle with. I'm, I'm a lawyer, but I'm, I'm a Christian Zionist. And um, my field of work is to try and understand what is happening and why it's happening and what we can do to push back against it. I think there are two main threats, Moimir. Uh, one is real anti-Semitism, hatred of the Jewish people. But the other is equally dangerous, and that's indifference. Uh, I see a lot of people, a lot of countries, which sit on the fence 
And I think this is one of the reasons all these resolutions get passed in the United Nations, uh, in the General Assembly, Security Council is slightly different, but all the other institutions which really work on a majority voting system. So uh, we have 193 UN member states. So if you get 100 states together to support a resolution, you, you can get it passed through. Now, this commission of inquiry that we're going to look at a little bit more deeply was also, it was created by only 24 member states who used the UN Human Rights Council. And it's the other states that do not oppose it, I think are the more problematic ones because they have the power to do something about it and they don't. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more about how to mobilise those states um, again. I, I thought I'd just start by, I, I think, remembering and recognising just how special the state of Israel is, what a miracle it is that it exists at all. Um, it's only 100 years ago that the international community decided to recognize the unique connection of the Jewish people with the land. And, and the rise of anti-Semitism in Europe particularly, meaning that, uh, and it was all the international community under the League of Nations who said, it's right, it's just, it's fair that the Jewish people come home after 2000 years of, uh, of extreme hatred and persecution and, and all the other terrible things we know about. Um, this is this is a matter of justice, and and the Jewish state was created uh, in the midst of conflict. Um, but let's not forget that it was it was the the prayers I think of the Jewish people and Christian Zionists over the centuries that opened this window of opportunity, a very small, unique window, around 1917 to 1920. Uh, when the mandate for Palestine came into existence. But from that moment, everybody turned again against the Jewish people and they had to fight for their rights under the mandate. Britain was charged with uh, creating the Jewish homeland in Palestine. Well, they closed the borders to Palestine. They stopped the Jews from being able to flee Nazi persecution in Europe. Uh, so when Israel came into existence in 1948, it was a miracle. It was one of those amazing moments in history where God, I think, broke through and created his nation uh, because we mustn't forget that Israel is God's people. It's God's nation. Um, now, all the way since 1948, Israel has had to fight for its existence. It fought a number of existential wars uh, five of them, right through to the mid-1970s. Um, and I think the 1970s uh, have been mentioned. I think that was the turning point. Italia mentioned the uh, Zionism is Racism resolution of 1975. That's shortly two years after the Yom Kippur War, the last major uh, existential war that the Arabs fought to destroy Israel. They lost. At least they didn't win. And from that moment on, they've used the international legal institutions to achieve their objective. And their objective is, quite simply, to destroy the Jewish state of Israel. They have three main weapons, uh, Moimir. One of them was the oil weapon. Uh, they've used very well economic power, the dependence of the West upon uh, Middle Eastern oil. Now, that's changing, of course, I think, significantly, fortunately. The second weapon they have is Palestinian statehood. Uh, the PLO was created in the 1960s to be the vehicle of Arab uh, liberation of Palestine from the Zionists. And the PLO to this very day, we must remember, its charter remains committed to the destruction of the Jewish state. The PLO is not a friendly negotiating partner for Israel. Uh, they are opposed to the existence of the Jewish state. And this is, again, a blindness, I think, that many do not see. The third weapon is the apartheid 
claim the zionism is racism idea that just the idea of a jewish state is somehow inherently illegitimate it's inherently unacceptable and i think all these three things we've been, we've seen used over the over the decades now i won't go into all the institutions that number of them have been mentioned but i think it's important to realize um i think if we look forward to the next year um I see a kind of a perfect storm brewing. Um, we have a number of institutions placed now who are focused, dedicated to focus on Israel. One of them is the ICC, indeed, the International Criminal Court. Uh, I'm not convinced this is going away. Uh, I think the prosecutor is going to come under a lot of pressure to keep doing something with this case. He certainly hasn't got rid of it yet. He could. He has the authority to do that, but he hasn't. Um, it's going to be a tough one. I, I think this will proceed in some way into an investigation into Israel. We have the Commission of Inquiry, um, indeed, at the Human Rights Council, highly problematic. There's a case going on at the International Court of Justice at the moment. Palestine is suing the United States for placing its embassy in Jerusalem. It's absurd, but it's happening. There's the Committee on the Elimination of Racial Discrimination also investigating Israel. So there's a number of these institutions and it's all, uh, I think, intensifying and it's, and it's coalescing around this idea of apartheid, the illegitimacy of the Jewishness of the state of Israel. So this is what we need to focus on we need to remind ourselves of why Israel, the Jewish and democratic state, is, is not only legitimate, Moimir, it's, uh, as I say, I think it's a miracle and it's something we should, it's precious. Uh, you know, you, you can be an Arab, you can be um, a Muslim, you can be a Christian, you can be a Hindu in Israel, and you have freedom of expression, freedom of religion, freedom of movements. This is not apartheid. This is a state that is a model really for, it's not perfect by any means. I'm not saying Israel's perfect, but there's something special about it that we need to capture as an international community and build on it. You know, um, the Abraham Accords show that a number of Arab states are realizing there's something important about Israel. And instead of fighting them, let's work with them. So that's the challenge I think we have. Well, thank you, Andrew, very much for uh, this uh, perfect uh, exposition of including the history of uh, uh, the relations and the lawfare. Now, let's come to the practical part. Uh, you are speaking to an audience currently, uh, 273 people are joining us live and many others can join later. Uh, I mean, watch it from uh, the recording. Uh, these are all people who are committed to the state of Israel who want to help, who want to stand with Israel, and they represent many, many countries. As I said at the beginning, some of them are uh, more prone to perhaps change the, the position at these international institutions, change the voting pattern. I know that uh, every year this diplomatic game is being played at the United Nations, seeing how many, we, we know that the resolutions uh, terrible as they are, will probably pass again, but the number of nations supporting or abstaining is changing. And uh, this is, I believe, something where we can do something about those things if we are well informed. So maybe I will start uh, again, Andrew, with you. Uh, what kind of practical uh, help we can provide to those people in the nations who want to do something? How can we effectively stand by Israel when it comes to some of these uh, attempts at lawfare against the Jewish state? Well, Moimir, I think you're right that there, there is a kind of a little bit of a change going on. Um, uh, in, the, in the International Criminal Court last year and the, and the months leading up to the court's ruling, um, there were seven states, it's only a small number, but it's a very significant number of states who made, uh, as you mentioned, very positive submissions to the court. 
Uh, again, then, you know, nobody's saying the state of Israel is perfect. We're simply saying there has to be some balance here. There has to be some perspective, you know, and this is the thing that's missing. Um, none of us are, 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 are getting up to say that, you know, everything is hunky-dory in Israel. Israel never does anything wrong. No, that's, that's not the point. The point is about balance. It's about context. It's about bringing a, a, a broader perspective. Um, and I think we should focus on this commission of, uh, of inquiry, the COI that the Human Rights Council has set up. Now, it was set up by the Human Rights Council, which is of course a subset of the General Assembly, 49 states, but it's financed by the whole General Assembly. So it's, it's budget is set by the, the whole assembly. It's been given a huge budget, a totally disproportionate budget. Uh, as Talia said, it's, it's the only permanent uh, ongoing commission of inquiry. Well, it's actually the second, but it's of, of this nature, of such a huge nature, it's the only one. Um, the, the commissioners, the three commissioners are, are, are known to be anti-Israel. Uh, the chairwoman of the commission is an outspoken South African uh, judge of Indian origin who is, is, is outspokenly uh, anti-Israel and I think anti-Semitic. Uh, this will be investigating Israel. They'll not be investigating Hamas or... Um, now, there's, and there's many other aspects of the commission which are highly problematic. Now, not only because we love Israel, but they're problematic from any policy perspective. You know, this is absurd that we are putting money and time into this. And I think that as Christian leaders, um, first of all, obviously we have an obligation, a responsibility, but I do think we have an opportunity to raise our voice. And um, what I think we will do, Moimi, with ICJ and, and ourselves, we will offer to the people on this call and, and all others who are going to watch this and, and in your network, we'll offer you a, a toolkit that you can use to go to your governments, go to, to anybody who you know who influences your governments and explain to them the reasons why this is extremely problematic. Um, and why states should uh, should shift on this. And, and there, there are gonna be some states where I think we should focus on, um, states which have already spoken out against the Commission of Inquiry. Um, think of Australia, for example. Uh, Albania was one of the countries, you know. Uh, United States, let's not forget the United States. They have spoken out very strongly against uh, this, whether they'll, put their words into action is another question. Uh, smaller states, Micronesia, um, let's think of Hungary, Czech Republic, uh, certainly the Eastern European countries, African nations, are extremely important in this. If we were to get a coalition of African states, even if they were to speak out publicly their concerns about this commission of inquiry, and, and particularly the apartheid, claim. I think this would be uh, potentially groundbreaking. And I think the church can do this. I think the Christian leaders can do this because you have a credibility. You have, you, you're, you're not, you, nobody can, um, can, can say that you have a conflict of interest. Nobody's paying you to do it. You're not Israeli. You don't have a vested interest, but you're doing it because it's the right thing to do. And I think with good arguments, with a well-presented case, uh, I believe that we can make a difference. Well, thank you, Andrew. And I would just confirm that this is one of the core missions of the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem, to assist our constituencies in the nations and to help them uh, stand by Israel in cases like this. So I'm really looking forward to those publications and to, to uh, these tools that we uh, are more than happy to distribute among our constituencies. So thank you for your Super. work. Tanya, what is your uh, uh, reflection on 
Yeah, I've mentioned that uh, the state of Israel should know that it is not alone, that uh, you have many friends around the world. And uh, we are going to do what we can do in our capacity as NGOs, as uh, grassroots movements in the countries. But uh, I would like to hear from you. What is uh, your, your perspective and what would you say uh, is helpful uh, as we face all these challenges? What can we do practically from your perspective? Well, first of all, I must agree with you. I mean, I know, we know that we, we're not alone. I mean, we've seen that uh, a couple of times. Uh, we've seen the solidarity you expressed and, and the, the all you did uh, when we were in, in, in times of, of distress, especially last year, as I mentioned before, we had this terrible, um, this terrible uh, campaign, I mean, um, um, military operation uh, that uh, we had to react after we, we were bombarded by, by rockets uh, days and nights. And, and, and even here, I mean, you also live in Jerusalem and me also, I mean, we were just, we just came back after a long time abroad and, and, and suddenly we, we were in the streets and we, we heard this, this terrible uh, alarm and I was with my little kid and we didn't know what to do and she never heard that and even for me because normally it doesn't go, I mean it, it, it's terrible for the people living in the south but in Jerusalem we, didn't, we don't even know how to react and where to go and should we uh, you know, go on the ground or should we enter a building or, I mean that was really really terrible and, it's, it's, and when you, you live it you understand it even better. And, and so we, we really appreciate it because we, we saw all what you did and what you said um, on international media, international arena. So, so we know that we have friends and we know that, you, that we can count on you. So, and that's very important for us. Uh, now, as Andrew mentioned, we know also that we're not perfect. And this is important. I mean, I, I'm, I'm grateful for, for you to have uh, said that, but I think it's it's even more important when I say it because I mean I'm I'm a Jew I'm an, and I'm an Israeli and and I represent Israel and we know I mean that this is the situation and I think there's there is no nation that is perfect actually we I mean we we would try to be to be better um, but but that's the situation and we need to to acknowledge that and to to deal with with the situation but we also need to react when we are being bashed everywhere in the international area or in international media etc so and and also i'd like to say that i'm really impressed i mean it's really nice and and, and good and and helpful that you you are um proposing a toolkit for for all the people um following you and all the people uh supporting you and supporting us i mean i'm, I'm sure that will be very um very meaningful so uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit of things that we are doing and that maybe you should you could join us in these things. First of all, I mean, that's the, the, the easiest thing nowadays. It's uh, our presence online um, because online everybody is there. And um, it, it, maybe it sounds like it's not real action, but it is because it, it, it has an impact on you know on the on what people think on what people see and if only the they see the other side and the other arguments it doesn't matter if the the arguments are right or not but if only the other side is present so there's a problem because there's a vacuum and then uh, of course the extremists will be i mean they're, they're all always louder and always more present but there are also other voices and there are people that are a bit less um informated i mean um, more ignorant and and this is for for these ones because frankly we we don't really hope that we were going to be able to convince our haters and our detractors uh they have their opinion and it will be more difficult to convince them but the other ones the people that are in between and and they just don't know what's going on on the ground uh, and that are looking for information i mean these are the people that we can you know reach out for them and 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 try to give them some uh, more information and more tools uh, and to make them more uh, aware of what's really happening uh, there uh, i mean here <laughs> and um so what we are doing i mean we are present uh, as a ministry we are present um almost everywhere uh, virtually, we have uh, accounts on Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter and uh, everywhere you can imagine. And but we have that also in many languages. So I see here we have a lot of translators and a lot of people from everywhere in the world. So even if we don't, you don't speak English, you can follow us because uh, I'm not saying we have in in, in uh, 
so many languages, but we have quite a lot. I mean, we have uh, developed a lot of uh, accounts in Arabic and in Parsi and uh, in uh, we have in French and in, and in Spanish and in other languages. So, uh, I mean, it is we, our presence is quite broad and you can use the information that you can find online from all our uh, official accounts or from the accounts of uh, of any of our diplomats. You can follow the the accounts of the embassy of the Israeli embassy where you you where you are, and you will find there. I I, I hope some valuable information that you would be able to to use and to forward to to your connections. So that's one place. But I think it it, it has its own importance because nowadays it, it's gaining even more and more importance. So that's the the virtual. Um, um place virtual uh, world let's say um now on top of that of course uh we know that you uh we we guess that you 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 are very well connected in your own uh, communities and congregations so this is a place where you can uh you know convey some messages but i guess also in other places where maybe you're more connected to some uh local politicians or national politicians and these are people that are also influenced by by many other voices but if you know and if you have the right information and the right connection we guess that you would be able to convey uh, the right messages to the right people and, and you will be able to to make the difference like that um and another thing that is very important i don't know if most of them have uh, visited israel or not i mean i understand that these past two years have been very difficult in, in that aspect in others as well but we really hope that uh, this year uh, you'll all be able to to come back and, and, and be here and visit Israel by yourself. I mean, this is something that really makes a difference because also it's really nice to read books and to uh, see movies and to get information uh, online about uh, Israel or about the conflict. But being here makes a, a, a huge difference. I mean, you can see by yourself and give uh, your own testimony. I mean, you can see the complex is the complex reality. It's not black and white, but if you hear, you will see. You will see that there is coexistence, there is uh, diversity, pluralism. There's a, many kinds of people, many kinds of religions. They all have have uh, enjoy freedom of faith and freedom of worship, access to all holy sites. I mean, this is something that that is not really understood. I mean, some people hear about that, but as if you don't see it and if you don't experiences in experience it by yourself it will be more difficult to to convey them the this message so I, I for the ones who have been here you understand what i mean and the ones who haven't been yet i mean i really i really encourage you to to come whenever it's possible and uh, it's really it will make you see things very differently and it will give you a lot of, of tools in order to you know to answer to to all the all our detractors and all of the people who claim things about, uh, as we said, apartheid. And I mean, that's not the case. That's not uh, Israel uh, I know, and that's not what you you will see because it's, that's not the reality. So I think this is something that uh, is also very helpful. And again, thank you very, very much. I mean, I was really, really happy to, to, to be with you. And I see there are so many people online and, and the number is growing, which is nice because normally when you enter a Zoom, there's a certain number and then it goes down because people are tired or busy or whatever. So that's, uh, I, I take it as a compliment for, for uh, the three of us. So thank right. you very much. Yes, thank you, Tanya. And uh, indeed, this is a sure testimony of uh, a very <clears throat> professional presentation you both made. And I thank you for that. Um, I like what you said that uh, in our efforts, we should actually uh, focus on those who are uh, undecided, maybe indifferent, and that brings me full circle to the 27th of January again, because we know from the Holocaust that uh, the biggest problem was not the perpetrators, perhaps, but the, the biggest problem was the largest group, and that were the bystanders. They didn't do anything. They didn't perpetrate the uh, atrocities themselves. But they just looked the other side when the Jews were being led away and they didn't do anything. And I think that that's one of the major uh, lessons from the Holocaust. And we're speaking about the family of nations now and how many of them, as Andrew said, uh, are indifferent. They just vote for these 
absurd, bizarre resolutions, which has have nothing to do with reality. So it, it's not about your religious conviction. It's simply about basic truth, basic decency, and every sensible person should actually understand and vote against those uh, resolutions, which is pure propaganda. And I think there, there is a lot we can do uh, together. And uh, I'm thank, thank you also for these uh, different uh, tools and things that uh, we can use. I would encourage people in, in many nations to make use of that. Now, as we are coming to the close of our, our uh, session today, I would like to spend a few minutes with answering some questions. And uh, I'll encourage those who are watching that you can write the questions into the chat or the Q&A button. And we have already one. We received it from the country of Liberia. And our representative there, Brother Aaron, is uh, asking if there are any proactive steps that can be taken to censure anti-Israel parties from submitting legal actions against Israel. Well, that's probably who are these parties? It's either the, the Palestinians or some other nations which are bringing forth resolutions. Uh, so this is the question. Is there any mechanism that can prevent these uh, uh, actions from uh, even being initiated? Maybe Andrew, that sounds like a question for you. Hmm. Thanks. It's a, uh, it's a very good question. It's a tough one. Um, Look, I suppose we have to think at different different levels uh, within the UN system. Uh, unfortunately, there's very there's not really a filter for the kinds of resolutions that that you know we've been talking about, um, and that just keep coming around year after year, repeating the same things. Um, I, I think you we you can't prevent the the creation and the tabling of those submissions, but what you can do, um, and I think this is part of what we're trying to achieve, is a, a, more of a groundswell of nations who are more alert, more able, more equipped to create a counter culture, as it were, within within the UN. Um, then. If you go down, dig down to the national level, um, uh, and, and Tanya has mentioned the BDS movement. So the, uh, what I sort of see around me and in, in different nations, there, there is a there is a growing kind of aggressiveness of the BDS movement, um, the pro-Palestinian, the anti-Israel, and and that manifests itself in. Um, Unfortunately, not so much in legal actions, which you could prevent, but in political actions or in um, even things like universities where students who have a pro-Israel or, or are sympathetic to Israel are, are shut down. You know, university professors who are no longer given tenure or who are even chased out of universities. Um, and unfortunately, Often we're reacting, aren't we, to to these things? We're responding. We're we're trying to challenge. That's unfortunately the way the legal system works. Um, there is freedom of expression. You know, many states say that BDS is freedom of expression. If you want to be, if you want to hate Israel, you're allowed to. You know. Um, there's there's a there's a battle to be had there, by the way, because that's that's not as straightforward as it as it looks. I think the U.S. has been very good in creating legislative mechanisms to prevent the misuse of freedom of expression, um, and by saying that, and this is why I think the IRA the IRA definition is good because it, it's it's creating uh, guidelines, it's creating a mechanism to proactively prevent uh, anti-Semitic, anti-Zionist uh, behavior. But it, it's, it's a, what is it? A, it's a fishing net with, with wide holes in it. Uh, it's, it's, you, you can't prevent the fish getting out, unfortunately. Well, thank you, Andrew. That's uh, also important to know. You know, I think uh, that uh, the opponents, those who are going against Israel, they have been very diligent in a way. They have been very active. Uh, they have, uh, you know, engaged uh, so many forums. They're doing so many different actions. Uh, 
and uh, but some of them are actually quite predictable. I mentioned already this uh, uh, year uh, or annual uh, set of resolutions which are put to the General Assembly uh, sometime at the end of November. I think it uh, revolves around the 29th of November, which they want to repurpose as a day of the catastrophe instead of the day of the, the beginning of the legal legitimacy of the Jewish state. And uh, perhaps uh, we should do something about it. If we know it's going to happen, uh, it calls for a campaign on our own. And I think it would be nice if we were able not only to react, but also to take initiative and uh, bring the battle to them uh, by you know, pro uh, providing good arguments and uh, launching a campaign. So this is something that uh, we have been thinking about. And of course, we'll be happy to work on that together uh, because uh, I think we can learn from our enemies in a way. And uh, I think we should be more um, you know, to the point and more active uh, and uh, take the initiative if, if possible. So uh, this looks like there are no more questions, except some in Chinese, which I'm unfortunately not able to read. Um, your final comments or your final word, uh, Tanya. Well, again, thank you very much. I mean, as we all said, uh, we have quite big challenges to face, uh, but most of them are not new and we will we will manage with that as well, as we all did. And, and thanks to, to you. I mean, we know we had a lot of, of, of allies uh, outside of the state of Israel. Some of them are Jewish communities and others are uh, Christian communities and especially uh, uh, yours. So we really, really uh, know that we're, we're not alone and we can count on you in uh, any situation. And it's very important for us to know that. Um, just to say, um, to remind you, all of you, uh, that we we only we are the only Jewish state in the world, and this is why we need to to survive. I'm saying that to all the people who are trying to challenge the very existence of the state of Israel. I mean, we do, we have nowhere else uh, to be. This is our place, and it took time for us to to get it. Only in 1948, and and we're not going anywhere. So that's that's important for us to to say that, uh, but also to mention that we're a Jewish state, but we are a democratic state, and we're the only one in the Middle East. And this is also something that has to be uh, remembered. And uh, if you want a, another definition that you all know, but still important to remind, is that uh, we're a whole, one holy land, but holy land to uh, the three monotheistic faiths. And, and to other faces as well. And this is why also we have our own importance, not only to us as the Jewish people, but to all of the others who have uh, their most precious and most holy sites uh, inside the state of Israel. Yes, uh, well, thank you again for joining us. And I'm looking forward to continuing our uh, cooperation in the future. Uh, and especially in your positions, you are going to meet us uh, sooner or later again. So thank you. Same here. Thank you very much. All the best to you. Andrew, what is your uh, final word for, to our audience? Uh, Moimir, I, I, three, three points, I think. One is, uh, I think uh, we all need to, and this is what you're doing by being part of this seminar, is, is to really get on top of the material, um, invest your time in it, um, make the arguments your own. Um, uh, so know your facts, know your history, know, um, uh, know, know, know the legal arguments, you know, especially if you have a legal training, but even if you don't, uh, which leads me to my second point is I think to have courage. Um, you know, one of the reasons why I think the opposition has been so successful is because they're convinced of their cause. And we need to be equally convinced. Uh, we should be, and we are, um, but sometimes we need to have uh, the courage to, to stand up. So I would encourage every one of us to, to do that. And thirdly, um, it might sound a little trite, but let's not underestimate the power of prayer. Um, you know, the, every prayer that is that is lifted up 
uh, on behalf of Israel and the Jewish people is heard in the heavenly places. And our calling as the church is to is to uh, witness God's purposes into the heavenlies. Um, we, we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So I think the intercessions of you, your communities, the churches to which you belong, uh, is really going to be the give the spiritual groundswell for any political or legal action. Um, and, and if that happens in every country around the world, what, a, what an amazing thing that will be. Excellent. Thank you very much, Andrew. And uh, I would like to thank all the more than 270 people who watched this. Uh, thank you also for your questions, which came at the very end. We do not have the time to deal with them, but I would uh, encourage you to uh, sign up on the ICJ and keep uh, posted, keep uh, in touch with us. Uh, you will also, in due time, be uh, uh, given the, all the tools that we spoke about here. And uh, I would also like to <clears throat> invite you to watch another part of this uh, uh, vision conference, uh, this set of online programs, uh, one which starts in three hours from now at 8 p.m. in Israel time, which will be again devoted to uh, a more broader subject of uh, looking at the world, which uh, seems to be at a crossroads and uh, uh, looking for answers to, to very important questions for our life and our ministry. So I'll be happy to see you again. Thank you for watching. Thank you again, Tanya and Andrew, for joining us today. Super. The best. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Yeah.